Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 33 of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. This episode is for the week of April 26th, 2021. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Brian Reynolds, Vice President of Marketing of Episcopal Retirement Services, and I'm here with Kristen Davenport, our Director of Communications and our Executive Producer. How are you, Kristen? Brian, I'm doing great. It's uh, good to be back together and doing our podcast again. Episode 33. That's amazing. I love it. It's my yeah. one of my favorite numbers. So feeling good about this one. That's interesting. Three is a, 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 a very important number in my life as well. And I've always worn that number in sports. So oh, interesting yeah, you picked up on that. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's a beautiful spring day. Uh, it, the weather is warming up. The sun is shining. So it's, it's really kind of nice to have that uh, eternal feeling of hope and sunshine with us. So uh, that's always a good, a good thing. Absolutely. So the Linkage podcast is dedicated to educating our audiences about issues regarding aging, informing people about the mission of ERS, and how that comes to life in our everyday interactions with residents, clients, family, and staff members. So Kristen, you want to tell us a little bit about what we've got coming up on our uh, episode today? We have some really fantastic guests with us today, Brian, and I think all our listeners are going to enjoy this. So first up, we'll we'll speak with Charlotte Staten. Charlotte lives at Thomaston Meadows in Amelia, Ohio, one of our uh, affordable living communities. Um, And after uh, we listen to Charlotte and kind of hear an update from her, what's been going on out there at Thomaston Meadows, we're going to check in with our president and CEO, Laura Lamb. Laura's got some great insight for us, as always, really, um, just about kind of taking the temperature of everything about where we're at with this with this pandemic and, um, you know, what the summer looks like ahead, maybe a little bit, just, uh, you know, how are we all feeling about it and uh, feeling about, you know, opening things back up. So after we talk with Laura, then we're going to have our Director of Dining Services at Dupree House, yeah. Pete Usechek. Uh, Pete is a, a fantastic chef and mm-hmm. uh, just an all-around great guy. So I'm really looking forward to, Brian, your conversation with Pete. Yeah, it was fun talking to him, and uh, and uh, we we're excited to share that conversation. So with, with that being said, Kristen, we've got a great episode lined up. Uh, you want to introduce our first guest? Yeah, absolutely. So Charlotte Staten. Um, she and I got together and had a great conversation um, about what's going on out in Amelia, Ohio at our community, Thomaston Meadows. Um, they've had some, uh, some really um, great community effort out there to clean up, um, do a little spring cleaning around the property. And they got some help from some volunteers that were arranged through Habitat for Humanity, another great organization in Cincinnati. So let's catch up with Charlotte and see what's happening in her community. Charlotte, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for being on with us today. How's it going this week? It's going wonderful. Oh, that's so good. Chilly, rainy, but it's okay. It's a good day. We'll take that. We'll take them as they come, right? You know, when I wake up in the morning, I just thank God that he gave me another day. So oh I'm gosh. blessed. 
that is such <laughs> that is the attitude we all need um, any day, but especially yeah. in these times. Yes, it is. I know uh, you moved into Thomaston Meadows right before the pandemic mm-hmm. began. So what's it been like for you right. this year? It's been fine. You know, everybody in the building, we all get along great. It's really a nice place. You know, they give us everything that we need. You know, it's just nice. Because <laughs> trust me, if I would be not so friendly about it, I would be sad telling you all my problems. Right. But I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to hear. I love that. And I know the staff yeah. there has been uh, trying their best to take care of y'all. These times have been, you know, a little trying for us. But tell us, tell us, tell our listeners some of the ways that you've been staying active and engaged right now. Oh, is, is whenever there's a nice day that I can be outside, I'm outside working in the flower beds, getting them cleaned up, ready. Uh, Saturday, the pe- ladies come over and we work cleaning up the uh, vegetable gardens, got them all ready to sit up and put new soil and stuff in. And, you know, I just like to be outside doing things. Yeah, all, so-, so I... <laughs> What I did is I got aggravated one day because I got tired of sweeping the patio because the leaves and everything are just so bad. I went down to Lowe's and bought a leaf blower (laughs) and they laughed at me. People laugh at me, but I don't care. (laughs) You want to keep those leaves off there. (laughs) To be cleaned. Yeah. I like to see things kept clean and nice. Yes. Why sit around in a mess if you don't have to? There you go. There so, you go. Well, you yeah, mentioned we, Saturday. One... So we had some guests out there yeah. at Thomaston Meadows and Thomaston Woods, which yes, we did. Right next door Saturday. Talk a little oh, bit yes. about that. Yes. That sounded like an exciting Oh, they did event. wonderful things. Yeah, they did wonderful things. They cleaned the buildings, uh, the flower beds. They did it all. Anything we wanted done, they just did it. And you guys have a so, vegetable garden there too? Yes, we have three of them, raised wow. beds. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. So have you been, um, were you involved in that last summer? Were you able able to plant some yes. things out there? What type of things I do sure you guys did. plant? I, I planted uh, tomatoes and cucumbers, radishes. Lettuce, three or four different types of lettuce. Uh, Lord, potatoes. Wow. I even put some potatoes in the ground. This year, we're going to take one of them and make it all green beans. So everybody that lives here can go out and pick them a few if they want. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm just going to take one thing and just make it all beans now and when we'll we have were, one of the reddishes yeah when Please. we were talking when we were get when we were getting uh to know each other a little you mentioned that you also like to cook quite a bit so i guess this gardening goes oh, right yeah. along with that what are some of your specialties yes, what do you like to cook i'm a hillbilly <laughs> i can cook anything but i like country food yeah yeah i i I can Chinese, French, Italian, 
I can cook it all. I've done it all my life. I just love it. Oh my gosh. Wow. So that's that's my hobby. So and I we we bake a lot. We make pies and cakes and so this kind of cooking and baking, it sounds like you're uh sharing it with your neighbors too. Oh yes, yes. We have the small community room and some there for a while we were able to use that. But now we just have to make our meals and then take them to our apartment. So what I do is I cook it at my house, I make the plates and I just take them to everybody's doors and say, Do oh. you want this? Do you want that? You know. So yeah, so it works out real good. That is wonderful. And it keeps me busy walking. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. That's wonderful. Everybody is grateful for it. They're happy about it. I couldn't say enough good things about living here. I was living in Garrison Place up in Felicity, and it was a living nightmare. Oh, no. They were, oh, it was horrible. I had to beg them to let me have a garden. And then they finally let me have one, but I had to fight them tooth and nail. This place is just so peaceful. Oh, good. No one bothers nobody. The uh, building, I I, I call her a manager, but she's the one that comes over and figures things out for us. Things that we're doing, this and that. Very nice. Very sweet lady. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody here is just really, it's hard to say that, you know, because nobody wants to believe that nobody has a problem. Yeah. But I have, I've had not one problem. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. And I'm so glad that you're getting to, you know, continue to do things that you've done all your life, like garden. And oh, yes. That's, that's how we all, you know, that's how we're going to get through this time and how we're going to, you know, stay happy and engaged throughout retirement years. Right. That's through life. That is your whole life. You have to keep moving. Mm -hmm. You can't just sit around in a chair and just go to atrophy. Mm -hmm. Boy, you've got it. You just hit the nail right on the head. That's it. And that's usually what seniors do. And a lot of the people, their family gives them that right to just sit there because they don't come around. They don't say, hey, mom, hey, dad, come on, let's go somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. we're just left to our own. So this way I do it myself. And But my kids are around a lot. Oh, good. Back and forth. They don't mm-hmm. stay a lot, long time. They all work, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Well, good. It was so glad. So it was just so great to meet you today and hear about Allison uh-huh. Woods and and projects you guys have had going on there recently. I know we're all very thankful to Habitat for Humanity for coming out there and and organizing those oh, yeah. volunteers that came to help you all. Um, I saw some photos on. Oh, their they were wonderful. Page. Yeah, it was great. It looked yeah, really. They were great. really wonderful. Oh, and I'm glad that, you know, residents were able to find ways to participate too, because, you know, a lot of uh, residents, they have that, that know-how, they have that life experience and, uh, and Mm -hmm. and they share it, you know, they give that and uh, that's what makes our communities vibrant. Yes. 
Exactly. Well, Charlotte, thank you so much for connecting with me today. And, you know, as, as things progress, as things get better and, and open up even more, um, I'm going to have to make sure I get out there because I'd love to taste some of your cooking. There you go. You let me know when you're coming. You bet you I will. Because when I cook, it takes me a long time. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we can um, taste okay, some of babe. those uh, vegetables that you've grown. And uh, and I would just love it. Right. be a treat. All right. Well, well then Charlotte. start coming around about the end of July. All right. Okay. It's a date. That's all. There you go. It'd be about when it's safe for us to get together. Well, thank you, Charlotte. There you go. And you all right, dear. Day. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was a wonderful conversation, Kristen, with Charlotte. She, uh, Charlotte, really sounds like she's got a big heart and. And really lives life with purpose and wanting to help others. I, I, it was really fun to listen to. Absolutely. And I think uh, if you're listening and you're uh, intrigued by Charlotte and her leaf blower, we did get a picture of Charlotte with her leaf blower. She likes a clean patio and uh, we'll be posting that on our social media. So check that out. And I guess next up, Brian, I get to mm-hmm. listen with our listeners to your conversation with our president and CEO, Laura Lamb. So I'm back here this week with President and CEO, Laura Lamb. How, hi, how are you, Laura? Fine, Brian. I'm doing well. How about you? It's good. It's, it's late April. It's a beautiful spring day out. It's warm and sunny. And man, can you believe we're in late April and enjoying this weather now? I really can't. I am having so much fun watching the red birds, playing with the birds and shooing the squirrels. <laughs> You've got your bird feeders right out your door, right? I do, I do. And those squirrels are getting me. So I got to figure that out. Well, how fun. Um, well, so it, it, it's been a few weeks since we've touched base. And man, there, there's just been so much going on in our society with um, the reopening of a lot of, uh, uh, of regulations and guidelines have been changing. And I, I thought it might be a good use of our time to maybe kind of go over and level set where we're at as an organization in terms of our residents coming and going and visitors coming in. And so I could, could you start by sharing, sharing that? Yeah, well, I've got three computers open right at my fingertips because <laughs> I tell you it, there are so many moving parts. You said it so well. And, you know, the, the exciting news is uh, kind of a headline would be As we hear on the news, more and more people are being vaccinated. And that just as we've said all along is when we have more and more people vaccinated, we, you know, the governors have shared that that's really kind of their kind of test of loosening up some of the restrictions. So as promised, they're doing that. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So in Ohio now, with the low occurrence rate in Hamilton County, Mm-hmm. The high vaccination rate of our residents, staff, and private duty, mm-hmm. as well as the low incident rate of COVID in our communities, mm-hmm. that is like, okay, check, 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 right. which we are, were allowed just recently to start in-room 
or in apartment visits. Wow. Is that the coolest thing ever? So in Ohio at, at Dupree and Marjorie P. Lee in the latter part of April, we are, <laughs> we are welcoming families back into the building, into their loved one's room or apartment. And I've personally been a part of some of those reunions, Brian, oh, and oh, it's yeah. talk about joy. I, it just, to see a son hug his mother yeah. after a year of window visits and telephone calls and zoom meetings, mm-hmm. um, just will make your heart melt. Um, <laughs> and remind you that why we were so, you know, exacting on guidelines because we were in protect mode and this is why we wanted to protect. So that mother, that son are alive and can be reunited. So, yeah, it feels like a, a new day and a kind of a new, new leaf has been turned over and it feels so foreign. Um, but so we've got residents or visitors coming into residence apartments. And then from a kind of a resident experience standpoint, where can you tell us what's going on with our dining and our wellness programs and activities at this, at this time? Yeah. But before I do that, I want to also share, because I think the other part of residents coming or families coming in, mm-hmm. residents are now able to go out. Yes. And talk about feeling like a a new bird, you know, just being able to go to the grocery store. I know I've told you the story that when my mother-in-law went to Kroger's for the first time, she literally looked around in disbelief and said, look where I am, Yeah, where I am. Like whoever thought that we'd be happy to go to Kroger. Right. (laughs) I mean, but if you haven't, um, it's a gift, right? Yeah. Well, it's amazing what we've taken for granted. I know. I know. So our residents in all levels of care, you know, as long as we meet, you know, the same criteria that I went through (laughs) are able to leave uh, our campus and be reunited with you know, fully vaccinated people out in the community and come back and not have to be quarantined. So that's, that's super fun. But to your point, you know, we are, we are learning what life looks like with this new chapter, like you said, and it's Mm -hmm. a little bit of a dance back and forth, you know, the guidelines in, in a congregate setting are not opened up. So dining, dining rooms aren't opened up like they used to be. They're open, Right. But it, it feels very different. Um, it feels like maybe what you're seeing when you go to restaurants where, you mm-hmm. know, there still has to be distancing or barriers. And yep. um, in our world, it's mostly distancing yep. because, you know, barriers create, you know, problems with mobility for older adults. So, mm-hmm. so it's mostly distance. Um, but the capacity of our events has increased so we can have, um, more events with more people and different types of events. Right. And now we're allowed to go out in, um, our buses against socially distanced. So there's fewer people on a bus, but, we can enjoy, you know, going to Alt Park and seeing mm. the flowers. And yeah. it's just, you know, it, I think you said it so well. There are just so many things that I personally took for granted um, yep. in 
February of 2020. And I hope I never do that again. I just, it's, there's so much beauty in this world and now we're getting to experience it a little bit more. Right. Right. So the let, so I guess, you know, the point at where we're at is things are opening up maybe in small, you know, small groups with distancing, um, but it's slowly opening up, which is yeah. a lot of, a lot of fun to hear. So a lot of fun to be a part of for sure. So, so one of the things uh, along with opening up and, and you and I were talking about this earlier is, is there's there, I know even for myself, there's some hesitation and, or maybe even some anxiety about the world opening up. And you were sharing with me an article that you recently read. And I, I thought that might be a really helpful discussion and maybe some of the things that you, you have, have read uh, recently. I know you said you had an article that, uh, um, that was shared with you and, and, but it, it's so important because I think there is, we've been in hunkered down for a year and there's so much trepidation, um, justified or unjustified. And so how, how are you dealing with it or how, what, what, what might be maybe some advice from what you're reading might be helpful for yeah. staff and residents? I don't know. I'm, I'm not probably ready to give advice, but I will share with you what I'm reading. Um, you know, um, I think a lot of people know that, um, my daughter is, I'm very close to her and she is a finishing up her third year in medical school. So I joke that she's already diagnosing people and she's been diagnosing her mom since she was five. So that's not anything new, but you know, she, she frankly called out in my life and, and really leaned in that, you know, she's worried about me because I seem to be exhibiting, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder for the year. And mm-hmm. what does that mean? I mean, you know, um, I do have hesitancy. I have hunkered down and followed the guidelines that we've been given our residents. So, you know, I've not to this day eaten in a restaurant mm-hmm. and I, when I've been asked to do that, as recently as my daughter saying, you know, when she comes home, are we going to eat out? I, I I really had a really strong, negative, visceral, I'm not ready for that reaction. And so, you know, it really caught me off guard, just to be very honest, Brian, it just, it surprised me. Now I've had vaccinated friends Mm -hmm. in my home for uh, lunch um, or a cocktail Right. And, but they're fully vaccinated and I can verify that because I've seen their card, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but that, that going out to the, to a restaurant is, feels very different to me and feels frankly yeah. foreign. And as you know, that was the thing that I enjoyed most pre COVID was right. dining with yep. friends and family. Right. So, so she, I, 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 it startled me, my reaction and I have been seeking articles. And of course she gave me an article from the New York times. I think maybe many of our uh, listeners have read it, that mm-hmm. I hate the title, the nervous person's guide to reentering society. So we should write the author a little note about the title. Well, that, I that's had probably a, clickbait there to get you to read the article. Well, I don't know. It turned me off. I didn't want to open it. I'm I like, see. I'm not a nervous person. That doesn't right. apply to me, but right. I guess I am. I guess I really am a nervous person. Mm-hmm. So I really like the article because it gave very, very specific 
um, kind of things to do that really helped me. So for example, you know, if you don't want to jump into the pool, don't, you know, dip your toe into the water. Well, mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, that means that I really am on, I'm on the right path. You know, welcoming a few trusted people into my home is dipping my toe into it. And that might lead to, you know, maybe next is when Jordan comes in town, maybe we'll find a restaurant that we know and mm-hmm. trust yep. and maybe we'll sit on their patio first. Right. 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 And, you know, that is definitely a baby step towards going into a restaurant and bar and like just feeling out of control, which mm-hmm. is how it feels. Right. Right. Um, another key point that I took away from the article is don't wait for the anxiety to go away that yeah. you can't, you're, it's not a light switch that, you know, I'm going to feel degrees of anxiousness as I dip my foot in the, the water, dip my toe in the water. And that, that isn't, that isn't, that should be expected, right? I, right. I'm not going to. I'm not going to wake up and feel no anxiety about this situation mm-hmm. one day. And that's when I can get started. It's kind of building on that. Do it gradually right? Um, so that you will continue to take those steps. Right. Um, well, and, and just to build on that and something you've spoken to the organization and even on this podcast before is, you know, measuring, you know, those risks and, and, taking them where you're comfortable, but at least you're taking steps forward, dipping your toe in, kind of combining those two, you know, you're, you're measuring those risks, I guess, uh, right. as you, right. as you enter, re-enter society, and, so to speak. Right. For sure. And this next one really convicted me. Um, you, you don't have to replicate what you did in the before times mm, so yeah. to the point about like, just how I'm viewing spring and, the beauty of spring. I see the beauty of spring because I've slowed down. I've changed what I'm doing. I've changed my patterns. And so you don't have to go from this new gratitude for the blessings that you now see to full steam ahead. You know, you can be choiceful. You know, I don't, I never have to go back to a grocery store if I don't want to click list has served me well. You know, I, 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 I've never enjoyed shopping, so I probably will be a consumer that will use delivery service now that the world's caught up with my desires mm-hmm. <laughs> for the rest of my life, you know, because right. kind of it's so easy kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, the article talked a lot about being able to prioritize activities that help reduce anxiety. So, yeah, you know, in, in my mind, that is twofold. It's, you know, we know that exercise mm-hmm. um, elevates um, your good neurotransmitters. I'm sorry, and neurohormones. I, I love thinking about those things. They yeah. help me feel better, calmer, less anxious when I move more and I walk with my husband every day and we explore the well, wonderful parks that we have in this city. And that's been so much fun. Right. And I get a, I get a, I get a health or a mind benefit from that body uh, activity. Right. Right. Sure. And then the other side of that in prioritizing activities is, you know, I look at our elders and our residents and how they have shown me such resilience in this time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what are our cottage residents doing, Brian, you know, they're getting back in the world is, 
by helping others, you know, um, DD and the cottage residents made 25 kind of care package bags for city gospel mission. Well, you know, that, that shows up in my life that it's really hard to be anxious and upset with my circumstances, which I have no reason to be that at all. But when you help others, you're helping yourself. So, you know, I just, I just look at the cottage residents as and our residents in all of our communities that when we are able to give, give of ourselves and give to others, you know, it's twofold. It's helping the recipient, but it's also helping us because it gives us such a strong sense of purpose and, you know, why we're here to help everyone. Um, you know, we got through this last year together and I don't want us to lose that as we re-enter, we can, we can build a plan together to help us get back to whatever we're trying to get back to. I haven't figured that question out yet. (laughs) Yeah. I've always told my kids, if you want to feel better about yourself, help other people. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really, you know, to your point, really going, following that sense of purpose, which Mm -hmm. our residents are so good at, at, at doing, whether it be giving back or pursuing their interests in art or music or whatever that, you know, as we've listened to the podcast interviews over the past years, that's what's just amazed me is how, how purposeful they are in their lives and, and the lessons that they've learned. And I'm very grateful to the organization that really makes, makes that happen for our residents, that purpose driven living. Well, you know, purpose driven living is successful aging, right? Yeah. So we know that. And there's, there's science behind that. There's been books written about it and you know, what a great seat that we have, Brian, to be Mm -hmm. able to look at our residents and see wonderful examples for how we live, can live. And to your point, how we can raise our children. Right. Right. Well, Laura, thank you so much for joining us. This has been really helpful, I think, just to kind of level set and see where we're at, but also, you know, as we get back out in the world, how we can kind of go about that and help reduce our anxiety and, and, and really start, you know, engaging again. So I, I've really enjoyed our conversation uh, and thank you for joining. Brian, uh, next time we're together, you're going to have to ask me what I, wh- how I've dipped my toe in the water. So hold uh, me accountable. I'll hold you. I'll <laughs> hold you to that. I'll, I'll we'll want to hear, uh, want to hear back on how that's working for you. Thank you so much, Brian. I've enjoyed our time as well. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Brian, it's always great to hear from Laura, but boy, she really touched on some topics that are hitting close to home for me today. Whether or not it's time to go back to a restaurant has been on my mind. My husband and I are both very eager to go to a movie in a movie mm-hmm. theater. Yeah. Uh, so these these topics really hit home for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, she's very cognizant uh, of the fact that we're all in different places in this journey. Some, some are really have to find ways of kind of processing everything and, and starting to, as she said, dip, dip our toes back in the water. So how we can do that productively. I thought I, I really appreciated those little suggestions that she provided from the articles that she was reading. So with that being said, I, up next in our next segment is uh, uh, my interview with our uh, uh, director of dining services at Dupree House, Pete Uzchek. As Kristen mentioned, Pete is a, a great guy, a great chef, 
and, and, and you know, even better, he, he has just developed such wonderful relationships with our residents over the years. So let's uh, let's hear my interview with Pete Yuzchek. So I'm here this week with our director of dining services at Dupree House, Pete Yuzchek. How are you, Pete? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's so good to have you. And I, I, I know I feel a bit of a kindred spirit with you, Pete. I, I know we've actually had some friends uh, from previous parts of our lives in common. But in, in addition to that, you know, we both come from fields that we really have loved our craft. And, you know, in my in my background, it's it's been advertising and marketing, and uh, for for you, you know, y- your experience in, in food and restaurants and and fine dining, and but we've both been able to mix those with I think something we've both really come to enjoy, which is uh, serving older adults and and really engaging with uh, this population. I think that we both learned so much, and so how did you come about kind of you know, uh, that, that change from just working in the restaurant industry to, to that, that transition into senior living? Yeah, great question. So, uh, my passion for, for food, uh, obviously going to culinary school and mm-hmm. involved with, uh, many different restaurants of cuisine and, and themes. Uh, I got a lot that helped me develop and to pursue a future that I didn't know I would, I was going to fall backwards into, Right. to have this opportunity that's for 20 years has just been the best thing for me and for my family and just an overall passion of, of waking up every day to not have a job, but have a career that mm-hmm. makes a difference in my life. And first and foremost, everyone else's life's around me. And I, you know, going back, being the chef in restaurants, you, you're, it's a lot of demand. There's a lot that goes on that you have to sacrifice your personal life so I think the, the the catalyst that got me there was how can I get that life work balance and yeah. enjoy what I do? And uh, a friend of mine, one of my purveyors had shared with me because I had asked since he beaded the pavement every day, he knew what was out there mm-hmm. from uh, like a, almost like a headhunter standpoint. Mm-hmm. And he shared with me about a position uh, at uh, a retirement community in Hyde Park that they were looking for an executive chef. He goes, I really thought you would really fit in. He goes, because of, you're just not a chef. He goes, you, you like to entertain. You are such a on the stage performer. He goes, I think this might be an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I talked to myself about it and talked to my friend about it for a little bit. And uh, I thought, you know what, if I don't try this, why not? And I could always go back into the restaurants or find another chef's position. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went and interviewed and um, long story short, I started the day after Christmas of two of 2001. Wow. Like I said to myself, it's the best Christmas present that I could have ever. <laughs> and from that day on, every day has been a, a, a pleasant presence of really feeling that fulfillment of making a difference in everyone that's involved in my life individually, personally, and uh, spiritually, as well as in the profession. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. And, and, you know, just, just to build on that, I, I know even from an early time that I've gotten to know you, 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 you would say, Hey, have you talked to so-and-so they've got a really interesting story. So I, you know, 
as you talked about being a performer or, or uh, you know, a host and, and yeah, you've really gotten to hear some, some interesting stories and developed some really good relationships with our residents and wondered if you could kind of just talk about some of those interesting relationships that you've built over the years. Yeah. Great, great question. Um, from Marjorie P. Lee to the prehouse to the mm-hmm. conference, um, my, I guess the biggest thing that I wanted to know is that, that I'm here to serve, but I'm also, I want to, I want you to know me as best as you can, as well as I'm really interested in your life and, and mm-hmm. what you've done. And I think that's what really helped kind of bring, like people come to get together to eat and, and socialize and share in the camaraderie. So my thought was, why would I not want to get to know my clientele, which is the best clientele, because you're, you are entertaining and, and delivering food to them every day. So again, like I say, it's the cruise ship that never leaves port. Right. My investment is into their lifestyle, not mine. And if they want to get to know me, which they all did, which would just blew my mind away, which also enticed me to say, the more I know about these residents, the better my relationship and our ability to do our, our job daily for them was that. And once you start entertaining and listening to these people, you just, you, you get so absorbed into their passion for life and what they've been through. I mean, they've been through more than we'll ever go through mm-hmm. since about the pandemic. I mean, to them, they're the strongest thing that we have in our communities. So right. they're supporting us more than alone with we can do this together. You all can do this. And they're very appreciative of that. So that's what grew me into that relationships of, wow. I mean, look at all of these, what these people have done in their professions to fight right. for our country, to provide for our country and to grow our country before we were even born. So it's mm-hmm. enough to serve them, but also to build relationships with them because they're such genuine, humble, well-experienced people that want to see us succeed. So they invest in their time with me. Like I want to invest my time with them, which makes it priceless because not everyone has this job. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm spoiled. And I feel beyond privileged to have that opportunity because you don't, in my opinion, you don't get that in a, in a regular restaurant setting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know just from my experience and getting to know some of the residents there at Dupree house, I mean, you've had people that have fought in the battle of the bulge to invented new products and services that we've all probably come to, to love over the, the years. So it, it is so fascinating to, to get to know them and to hear their, their stories and their dedication to their love of the country and, and to, to serve other people. So that's been pretty cool from my experience as well. I mean, absolutely fascinating. Like I learn something every day. Mm-hmm. Or someone shares something with it every day, you're like, I did not know that. And it's again, it's it's like you're writing your own history book. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. So I know, you know, traditionally at Dupree House, you know, for the longest time we had uh, a formal dining room and with very, you know, fine dining presented night in, night out there. But I, I was wondering if you could kind of describe that experience. And then most recently you've opened a new concept, uh, more of a, a cook to order grill concept, a little more modern of, uh, and, and maybe a little, little more casual. And so take me through kind of those two different settings. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So with our formal dining is what we consider, we call that is more of the um, coat and tie and mm-hmm. get dressed up. It's it goes back to almost like the days when they had the, the, the 
dinner clubs and everyone belonged to a club and you'd come there to again, socialize and for your day. And they enjoyed the the ambiance of the elegance of everyone being dressed up and, you know, making a a statement of like, we're here because this is what we love to do. And that continued through the pre-house to this day to where the formal dining room is more of the elegant ballroom concept. And we also design our white tablecloth set up that way. The Mm -hmm. men are set up that way. So it's more of that fine dining aspect. And those people really enjoy that. And so why change when we don't need to? Because if we can give them what they want, it's a win-win. So uh, the, the fine dining is, is structured where they make reservations. A lot of people like to have cocktail parties beforehand in their apartments, down in the club room. Sometimes they're outside on their balconies, depending on the season. And then they come down and they are able to enjoy their their uh, people that they've entertained in their apartment. And then they... Mm-hmm eating at the table, you know, yeah. obviously just enjoying dinner and camaraderie and the conversations, especially if they're new people, introducing people, or even we haven't seen you in a while. So they really, that's a big social gathering in, in the formal dining. So we really like that. And we can create the menus each week. So it's, it changes just like, just like at a country club or just like at a, a dining club where, you know, Chef Sam does everything he can to provide the fresh quality products that are in season and listen to what they want and we try to provide that because you don't fix what isn't broken when we can give that right. to them from start to finish it's awesome and then our second venue which is grill 39 which is a wonderful concept it's open kitchen concept so yep. when you uh it's a smaller venue but it's more casual um mm-hmm. for lunch and dinner every day there so if you don't want to go formal you want to come in and, and get more of the pub side or, or a grill concept where uh, much easier, lighter menus. Uh, everything is made from scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the menu is is absolutely amazing. Sam, yeah. the concept where you can create your own pizzas, your pasta, your own entree mm-hmm. salads. We run specials and then Sam will have about five to eight different special features that are always on the menu that you can order, which is great at lunch or dinner. You can get it delivered for room service. So it's, it's a great selling point, but also People love to be able to just come in and, and relax, whether they're in for a quick bite to eat or if they want to have their family in or just another uh, cocktail party to come in there and that, let's go have cheese, homemade Kobe cheeseburgers and fries and, and mm. wine. It's it's really cool. And you can see the cooks cooking. And as soon as you walk in the door, man, the, the ambiance and the smell, the aromas just are all over the air. So it's really, really interesting. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, having not been in there uh, this past year, I, I love the the grill and the food that you all offer. Um, even even the fine dining, you know, it's it's just a great experience. But uh, um, particularly the grill, I've always enjoyed having a lunch with a resident um, or a fellow staff member over there from time to time. So, you, Thank you. you guys have done a wonderful job with that concept. So, speaking of the pandemic, so the last year has really turned things on. Uh, on its head and you guys have had to do quite a big shift uh, as we've had to kind of close down our, our dining venues for some time. So I was wondering if you could kind of describe how you and your team really r- had to shift and, and rally uh, to support our residents. Yeah. So we pretty much uh, Sam, my chef and my front house manager, Mike, we, we had to pretty much get into a thinking tank in a very quick way to be able to take what we do on a daily basis and be able to provide that type of quality of food and service without affecting, you know, the quality. And 
um, in the short time because of the unknown. You know, every day it seemed to be challenged with different facets of the production and how we were going to do it. So it it took it took a, a good week or so to really fine tune what work what is going to work best because mm-hmm. we were unknown. We didn't know how long this was going to go on, etc. And um, I, you know, I, I couldn't be happier to work with Sam and Mike to really help implement a plan of success that was going to a help our staff and not create chaos or to create confusion or you know keep the morale going and keep everyone positive about what we're doing and everyone came together and actually again it, it grew us closer as a as a department but also as a company because i'm sure with other departments as well as what can we do to not affect the quality of living here and so uh, like i said sam did an amazing job with creating menus uh, Mike did a great job with repositioning how we're going to serve lunch and dinner daily from a room service standpoint mm-hmm. and not affect the quality. So everyone just came together and it, like I said, it took about a week for us to get it going. And then we just, it became seamless. And every, it seems like every week we started adding more things from more menu options and items and delivering different things to uh, accommodate them for lunch, breakfast, and dinner. Right. Uh, you know, again, just everyone had the same mindset that we can do this we just have to we just have to create a a new recipe of how we're doing it and to me the recipe has been uh everlasting and tasting so good and the compliments and the feedback we get from residents again they're just blown away how we do this each and every day but i said without my department and my staff and the dedication from everyone here they all understood our the purpose of what we're doing to make a difference for those that are obviously being affected mostly by the pandemic and uh, i just you know i'm so blessed to have the, the people with me in my department and around our departments that all pitched in to make it possible daily for, for service. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, just like so many parts of our organization across ERS, you guys really stepped up as heroes. And, and from, from my standpoint, you know, doing all this in a week, just, just doing this transition and getting it down is, is simply amazing. So, you know, from, from my, 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 myself, we were very, very thankful for all that you've done. Thank you. So, Pete, um, I, I would love to 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 have you back and maybe talk a little bit more about the food itself that you all prepare. Um, we're, we're kind of running out low on time for this week, but uh, again, thanks for all your efforts and thanks for joining us this week on our podcast. Oh, it's, an, it's an honor and privilege. And again, anytime I can help with you, Brian, I'd I'd love to share more about uh, the, the the amazing culinary and the quality and the hospitality of what to me is just such an amazing thing here that the residents just truly appreciate and they, they thrive for it. So uh, I'd be happy to come back on in, in any time to, to talk and give you updates and anything that's just making a difference in each other's lives to with food and in service without a doubt. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you again. Brian, what a great interview with Pete. He's one of my favorite people at Dupree House, and it was great to hear him talk about all the dining happenings there with things opening up a bit more, and it's uh, encouraging to hear how things are are changing for the residents, although I know during the pandemic, the staff did just a fabulous job Mm -hmm. of keeping everybody happy, especially with uh, their culinary delights, that's for sure. Yeah, it was a big shift, you know, from from operating a, a dining room and and our grill uh, seventy five or grill thirty nine. I'm sorry, um, but you know the staff just did a great job, and he rallied them together for that. And you know, of course, he's just 
got such great relationships with our residents. And I think, you know, beyond his just knack for, for knowing hospitality and, and great food, those relationships are so important to him. So that, that was a lot of fun to, to talk to him about. He is just one of the warmest people that you'll ever meet. You know, yep. it's, he's definitely found his niche um, serving older adults there. He, um, he really takes care of, of our residents in, in such a unique and special way. What a great guy. No doubt. No doubt. Well, that uh, brings us to a close of our latest episode of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. For more information about us, you can visit our website at episcopalretirement.com. We have lots of great content, including our Linkage online blog, resources to learn more about aging and the services we offer, and much, much more. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube to see what's going on within ERS and our communities. If you have any questions or feedback for us, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at info at erslife.org. The Linkage Podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and Brian Reynolds. Fiasha Davis is our associate producer, and our technical director is Michelle Hain. I'd like to thank our guests today, including Charlotte Staten and Pete Uschick, and a special thank you, as always, to our president and CEO, Laura Lamb, for always making herself available to give us updates about what's going on within ERS. On behalf of myself, Brian Reynolds, and Kristen Davenport, thank you so much for joining us. We will look forward to our podcast next week. Thanks, Kristen. Good to talk with you, Brian. We'll see you soon.